and welcome to Silentcast with Ollie, myself, and Glyn. How you doing? I'm buzzing, Ollie. I've said that three weeks in a row, I think, now, with all these wins that are coming in. But yeah, God, what another great week to be a Shrewsbury fan. So I am loving it, mate. It is. You know, I think this is going to be a good pod. So we've got <laughs> another game to, um, to talk about, another win. Um, and, of course, um, we can um, recap on the last day of the transfer window. So, um, yeah, that'd be interesting to kind of get your thoughts and, yeah, our view of the, the transfer window. And, and as you'd, those guys would expect, regular listeners, we've done a bit of research on who the players are mm. and where they're from and a few little bits like that and a few interesting quotes that we found um, so yeah we'll share those when we get into Salop News so yeah apps, I'm buzzing as well Glenn so yeah so what did you do I think you went down because I saw you, your dad and you, your kids at the ground yeah yeah you bunched in, bumped into my little lad didn't you on the way yeah. in we we uh, yeah we had one of our little trips down down south as usual and um, went to sort of a museum and had a look around the docks in the morning and then tried to get up to the ground I don't know where you parked Ollie but Christ parking's a nightmare at Bristol Rovers isn't it but, yeah um, I parked in a housing area I parked near similar last time um, and it wasn't too bad actually said so yeah five minute walk I'm awful at reverse parking Ollie and it was, it was a lot of problems <laughs> I had there so yeah but so yeah we got we got in there and uh, yeah we had no we didn't book in advance so we ended up on the wet terrace uh, rather than the nice seats yeah. you were sitting in Ollie but um, yeah I should just say really the, the funniest thing about it Ollie was you bumped into us and my little lad was there and you said what do you think the score is going to be today Rory and he said 2-1 Shrewsbury so yeah you go my, my little boy yeah. is obviously picking up on these things got a high five from the kids and then <laughs> yeah I quite gleefully went and sat in the seats yeah. under the, under the, I did I was like this morning I went for a run and I was kind of spluttering a little bit suffering <laughs> from a cold so I really didn't want to sit uh, stand in the rain so that was my um, reason why I, I was, don't blame you I don't blame you it was grim we'll talk about the weather a bit more when we come to talk yeah. about the game won't we because it had a bit of an influence on the game I think but yeah another game in the bank Ollie and, and we, yeah. you've had a look at how many we've been to this season haven't you yeah so um, obviously when we do the um, the the our, our top three obviously then we record all the, each game and uh, we set up this year so we can easily do the count so I did the count um, on Friday um, and I shared this with you didn't I Glenn yep. was, you've been to 25 games and I've been to 26 games this season which is not bad and considering that both of us went to 28 last year mm. so that's how more engaged we are you know considering how we were pretty engaged last year we went to a lot of games but yeah um, we've been to a lot this season and yeah I, I, was, I haven't missed a game a league game all year no well done yeah, and then, yeah, that's five league games in a row now. So I think Southend away I didn't go to. That was the last one I missed. Yeah, yeah, that's good work to be fair. I mean, we're going to smash last year's record of attendance figures, yeah, aren't we? we? Are. And I, it's funny, I, we were talking about, bump, well, again, we'll talk to the post-match stuff, but I bumped into a bunch of lads outside walking out who I know from sort of various things. And um, I was sort of saying to them after after the result, um, I don't really want to miss another league game. It, fe- it feels like that. We've got 17 league games left, 10, game, 10 games at home. So if you can make, try and make those seven away games, two of which I've already booked accommodation for, that's the only five left to make. I think it's a good chance I could make all 17 games left Ollie so yeah well that'll take me to bloody 30 I don't know 34 or something won't it so that's pretty good for a season of league games isn't it considering I've got a, a lot of other commitments so I'm pretty sure there are town fans that have been to every game this season and if they have fair play to them and I bet they've enjoyed every second of it like we have yep. Ollie so yeah it's all good but um, we should really move on to the main attraction I suppose of the weekend we which was this unbelievable win at Bristol Rovers so um, yeah we'll crack on with the match action Shropshire side looking for the lead here early on Edmund can't get it but McMenamon can't the first goal of the game, and it's gone Shrewsbury's way. So, 3pm, Saturday the 3rd of February, a big big point in the season, I think. Um, the Memorial Stadium, uh, attendance 9,380, with uh, a nice weirdly rounded number of 700 Shrewsbury Town fans. Saw us with a 2-1 victory over Bristol Rovers uh, in League One. There you go, there's all the facts of the game, Ollie. Um, 
Yes, uh, Omar Beckles scoring first for us on 62. Pegged back pretty soon after by uh, Partington on 65. And then something we're probably, probably going to spend an hour talking about, Alex Rodman's or Toto Nasala's <laughs> winner on 88. So, yeah, 2-1. Uh, good attendance again by the town fans. I know we'd sold 500 tickets, hadn't we, Ollie, up till, up till just before the game, uh, up, sorry, until Friday night. And um, obviously then, uh, even with all the horrible weather and rain, it still put another 200 on that attendance of people who paid on the day. So, yeah, being really backed home and away at the moment, aren't we? And, um, yeah, I suppose that the main thing to note when we got in there with, with all the fans was the team selection, Ollie. So, um, McGillivray obviously kept his place because Henderson is still suspended um, and then we went with a back line of Bolton, Nasala, Sadler and Beckles Godfrey Nolan Gogo in the central midfield Wally in his usual place on one wing Carl Morris up front in the other and the one change was on the other wing where Thomas played instead of Rodman so what, what did you think of the team really I think you, the two things I kind of know about you Ollie I don't you know Thomas is the one where we would we didn't think he might start or he might have started over Rodman and you kind of like Max Lowe don't you for attacking situations but obviously Beckles got the nod there so outside of that were there any other surprises for you really I suppose Ollie No I I thought there would be at least one or two changes mm. um, I th- you know Hurst has been after t- uh, Thomas so much um, you know it's almost like a girl his number he's been trying to get you know he's definitely going to text him now he's got the number so yeah not surprised that Thomas started um, and Beckles hasn't done anything wrong you know he's, nope. he's deserving of that place um, you know and Actually, I don't know whether Hurst um, had been um, wiretapping Bristol Rovers or something, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, they certainly played long ball football and Beckles really helped with that. So no, it was good to see Thomas start. And um, yeah, what did you make of the man actually while, while we're here? Yeah, I mean, we, he, he did a few good things in the first half. I think maybe tied towards the last 10, 15 minutes of his he performance. Did, did he? Um, but, I'd say the last 30 minutes, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, possibly. Well, he didn't play for the last 30, but you know, after 60 minutes, he yeah, was tired. He was tired. And, and I think that that's going to come and the fitness is going to come. Um, yeah. But I thought that there was, there was a few times where he put good ball in that we weren't quite on the same wavelength as he, he's obviously quite an attacking player he likes like Rodman to get straight to the byline I think but also strangely compared to what Wally and, and Rodman do he wasn't afraid to put the ball in from pretty deep I thought it was, yeah. it was quite interesting to see him putting deeper crosses in um, and pretty accurate ones as well they were always sort of there or thereabouts on the edge of the sort of 18 yard box and, and 6 yard box so yeah I'm obviously looking forward to seeing more from him as, as a debut it was a solid if not inspiring debut but um, yeah certainly lots more to come there I imagine the thing that stood out for me most with him was his speed of foot yeah, um, yeah, he's quite true, fast, but also his speed of dribbling. Uh, there was one time in a defence position, he just moved to the left and managed to clear the ball, just completely wrong-footed the defender, sorry, the striker. Um, and then um, there was a time in the second half when he did that run across the box, yeah. and it was just really fast, so that was good. And yeah, talking of... Um, yeah, talking of yeah, you said the score, but everyone was a bit. <laughs> let's say that everyone was a, their kind of optimism dropped a little bit, didn't they? When um, when the media teams were doing the rounds in terms of pre match on the fact that we hadn't won in Bristol since the sixties. Yeah, nineteen sixty nine. That was the last time yeah. we won there in the league. I, I went to the game where we won there in the auto windscreens against them uh, back when I was a kid. Ian Stevens scored, didn't he? And Marcus Stewart was diving around like a bell end, like he usually was back in the day. So, yeah, I went to that game in the windscreens. But, yeah, not to one there in, since 69 in the league. And another one of those records that Hurst's managed to sort of banish. Because we've been to a few games this year where we've had records from the 80s and the 70s where we've not won. And, yeah, we're starting to sort, sort, of all, sort them all out now, aren't we? Because of how well yeah. we're playing. So, fantastic to break that record. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I didn't realise it was that long. I've, I've been to Bristol a lot in the league and I know we're always rubbish there. So, I didn't realise it was quite as long as that. You know, so, 11 years before I was born. <laughs> Jesus. No, no, it's a long time ago. And, and actually, something I, sh- I should have mentioned. So we said um, that I sat um, um, in the other seats behind the goal. But I just thought it was worth mentioning, obviously, I was, where I was sitting, you would expect is, um, yeah, some of the more elderly fans that follow the town. <laughs> 
And um, there was a guy sitting next to me um, and with his wife, and they were getting all their sandwiches out and their tea out, and like she had the radio and headphones on and all this kind of stuff. And he kept knocking me constantly. I was like, oh, dude, this is going to be a bit annoying. And then the game <laughs> started, and um, I tell you what, passion. You know, the, 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 some of the fans, um, the older fans who go to the games, might not, you know, stand up, shout, and make a lot of noise, but they're really passionate. In the second half, actually, there was a, a nice moment where this guy was, he must have been in late 60s, maybe even his 70s, and he's standing up going, sal up, sal up, sal up. And it mm. was really funny just to see, like, the passion. And, yeah, these guys have been, to, you know, all over the country for the last 10, 20 years, maybe even longer following the town, really enjoying the season. So, yeah, I just thought I'd share that. It was quite interesting. These guys are, yeah, they might not sing, but they're just as passionate. Yeah, damn right, damn right. And I actually think that, you know, if you look at the 700 fans that went there, we know better than any fans that couldn't make it or no, fans that just exactly. go to home games. But, they, you know, that was a cracking back in, in, in terms of it. And, and for me, obviously, we talked about where we sort of ended up, but we ended up on the terrace. It was the first time my dad had stood on a terrace since we were at the old Grey Med- Gay Meadow when he used to stand on the Wakeman end for the last game against Grimsby. So, you know, how long has that been now? You know, 11 years, 12 years? 10, yeah. yeah my kids years, yeah. had never stood on a terrace, obviously six and eight. They've not really had the opportunity in any of the way games we've been to recently. And it's been, you know, it seems like a while since I stood on a terrace. I think maybe probably, I don't know, Burton away a couple of years ago. Well, so, yeah, yeah. Like and, and so is, is that terrace... Happens- is there a terrace? Is there another terrace illegal? One there must be someone somewhere, but yeah. Maybe it's a game I've missed, but it's yeah. just I have to say it made my enjoyment of the entire experience infinitely better to be back on a terrace in a sort of reminiscent of where I used to stand on the, on the riverside. And yeah, fine, we got wet, but you know what? Didn't dampen my enthusiasm or my passion or my experience of that game. And lots of people around me that I know and and you could nod at, and it was just it was. I know I'm not that old, but it was like the old days to me where we'd yeah. go away every week and we were on a terrace and everyone was having a banter. And I just thought it was a fantastic experience. And to, to have got that win and seen the terrace explode around us, and I saw the seats as well, you lot were going mad. Oh, it was just, it was brilliant to be fair. And even my kids were there good. and swinging their scarf around their heads on the terrace. I thought, you know, we might not get that very often into the future. So enjoy it while you can, I suppose. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, but there we go. So uh, talking of, of the terrace and the rain, Ollie, I think before we go into the action that happened, I was going to ask you quickly about the pitch because. There's two things about this, really. The first was, for anyone that doesn't know, it basically rained all day in Bristol. The entirety of the day I spent in Bristol, I got entirely soaked. My shoes were drenched when I got home, and obviously standing on the terrace didn't help. But, um, yeah, it, it, it was really, really wet, the pitch, wasn't it? And you could see in the warm-up when we were getting ready for the game that we were like doing little passing sections, and the and the pitch was like, you know, turf was coming up a little bit. It was it was very strange, wasn't it? And then that led later on to a lot of bubbles and stuff, didn't it? The pitch was terrible. Yep, awful. Um, and the interesting thing was having a, a pleasant chat, actually. There seems to be, Bristol Rovers seem to have quite a few more pleasant fans than and the, yeah, and some of the other yeah. Obviously, yeah, and there was quite an interesting chat. A couple of them having a chat on Twitter, um, and I asked them about um, like their stadium, and obviously then about what happened to their stadium. Um, and he said that the pitch was actually redone this summer. Oh right, okay. Um, so yeah, it just just shows how much rain we've had and how it was struggling. Yeah, because interestingly, I was watching the extended highlights, and when um, you could see where we'd been doing the warm ups and stuff. But anyway, we've um, yeah, we've we've chatted a lot. Let's <laughs> get into some action. I know, yeah, it is. But, I, but the other thing I was just going to say about the pitch quickly was that. Um, Obviously, with this week we've had an issue with our pitches, haven't we? Because of all the rain and the high water table at the training ground, and we've been playing on our pitch and and playing on pitches that haven't been ideal. And like everyone was like, "Well, that's a big problem, isn't it?" Because you know we need our training pitches right. But maybe training on some slightly worse pitches actually helped us for this game because we probably got used to lots of bad bobbles. So there you go, swings and roundabouts. Look at the positives, Ollie. But there we go. So yeah. as soon as we're into the game, <coughs> the pitch started to cut up. But yeah, what was the, what was your first observations of it? I thought we started pretty well. We were definitely the team that wanted to play the ball. A lot of balls got uh, to the left. Nolan was on the ball and yeah um 
Um, we've got Thomas involved in the game. Yep. And I thought we started the game much brighter of the two teams. But I think it's fair to say that um, Rovers had clear tactics. Um, and I was chatting to um, a couple of Rovers fans who was coming out and they were quite surprised how long balls they were. And actually, it was two lads chatting to each other, minding themselves, minding their own business. And I interrupted them. Yeah. Um, and they were saying, why, why were we playing long football, uh, long ball to those their two centre-halves? And I turned around and said, I was very surprised you did that. Two of the best centre-halves in the league, especially at heading the ball. And they tried to... To, yeah, to, to bombard them, which is a bit odd. Um, so they were surprised by their tactics. Obviously, this wasn't their normal way of playing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they really just went, went just went route one, didn't they? I, I assume, again, because they were worried about the pitch and, and being able to yeah. play football on it. And, you know, they had the big bearded guy and the big ginger up front who was a bit of a handful, wasn't he? And, and they were, they were you know, pretty aggressive and boisterous in terms of the way they played the game. They weren't, you know, they weren't dirty or foully. No, like, no. You know, I think they think they were they were like us in some respects. They didn't shirk from a challenge and they gave it a good go and it, and it turned into being a very gritty, hard for, you know, performance from us but it had to be because of the way they play and I, I give them credit for the way they played us you know considering what happened in the home game where they got whopped when they they sat you know they sat deep and they let us attack well they attacked us sorry and then we counter-attacked them they were much more conservative but still tried to play the game the right way and I wasn't really worrying about them scoring Ollie I didn't think that they really created too many chances in that first period and I thought we were controlling it in that first period and, and obviously that changed as the game went on but yeah it was it was interesting their tactics and, and you know I can sort of see why the manager went to do it because we are a good team and you, you've got to adapt Act, yeah, maybe you thought, you know, no one's really gone um, route one against Shrewsbury, see mm. how that works. Mm. Yeah. Um, and obviously they do have some quite busy midfielders. I thought if we get something and the bobbly pitch, we could take advantage. But yeah, there was, um, there was quite a lot of free kicks, wasn't there? Quite a lot of little um, fouls and stuff. Yeah, niggly. I think it's worth saying it wasn't the best game of football we'll ever see. No, no, it wasn't great in, in general, was it? And, and as much as you say long ball, I don't think Bristol Rivers parked the bus, to be perfectly fair. No, no, they didn't park the yeah. bus. They were just quick, weren't they? Yeah, very, yeah. very one-dimensional in terms of their, how they attacked. And, Looking uh, for the knockdowns and all that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think there's only really one really highlight from the first half worth mentioning. <laughs> um, so a, a free kick by Worley. I tell you what, his free kicks and corners have really come on, weren't they, in the last few games? So another really good one. Um, headed across the box by Beckles. A Morris should have scored. And I hate yeah. sitting behind the goal. I, I really struggle to kind of get the depth perception of the pitch of the game yeah. and understand how dangerous tacks are. I really struggle. Um, and I thought he should have scored. But watching it back, oh my God, yeah, it was a bad miss. It was a bad miss, wasn't it? And it's a shame because we thought he got that goal the other week and it might mean that you know that next chance he has he's going to snaffle up now he's full of confidence but a real shame because again we've said this about Carl Morris quite a lot of times his overall performance was good and he did deserve to keep his place and he did deserve to play well and it's just oh, I just wish it would go before him a little bit more but um yeah, it's still, still worth his place as far as I was concerned. And um, yeah, just unfortunate that he keeps missing these chances. But at least they're not important at the end of the day. They're not costing us wins and points, are they? No. So <laughs> we went in at half time, you know, not despondent, um, but not overjoyed. Um, I thought we yeah, had the better of the first half. Um, and then the second half started. And again, similar kind of tempo, similar kind of um, entertainment factor, lack of. Yeah. And there was that really good effort by Thomas where he did that kind of like driven um, cross shot, which yep. saved by the keeper. Um, and then, then the ball seemed to spend a lot of time with Wally and Bolton and was having their own little game on the right-hand flank. Yeah, it was away from me because I was obviously on the, on the terrace on yeah. the left-hand side. So, yeah, it was a lot of the ball over the other side. We didn't really see Thomas all that much. No, and Thomas didn't get the ball. I was hoping yeah. we'd get it to him. Uh, he just didn't, just didn't come across this way. I guess that was part of the fact that it was hard to pass the ball around and it just yeah, seemed to get stuck mm. there. Mm. It did get stuck. And, I mean, like Nolan and Agogo and, Mor- and um, uh, not Carl Morris, um, Ben Godfrey saw a lot of the ball in the game, didn't they? Whether they were getting it and winning it back or they were getting nicked and 
probably you know a lot of the ball as much as there was a lot on that right wing you know the only other play was in that central midfield area really yeah. other than when it was getting blocked over the top but yeah it really wasn't out on the left which is a shame because my little boy was desperate to see Nathan Thomas play because his best friend at school is Nathan so he's been saying I want to see Nathan you know we finally signed a guy called Nathan for Shrewsbury <laughs> he never really got to see him in the second half because he didn't really get much ball and then he got subbed off so never mind maybe next week yeah. but um yeah, it was it was it was interesting. It was just gritty and attritional, wasn't it, during that phase at the start of the second half? But I think Bristol Rovers probably played a little bit better than they did in the first half in the second half. I don't know. I don't know about you. Yeah, I thought I thought they had a couple of chances. Um, I'd say we, you know, watching the game back, you also does get a different view of the game. And yeah, we we had that Godfrey run where that one two with Morris and kind of nice. got yeah. tackled, fouled. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, and then Nolan had that run and got completely um, taken out. Um, and it was the first time there was a yellow. Mm. Um, and I thought um, I thought they were quite lucky actually not to have had at least one yellow card by this point because they were quite quite um, happy to yeah to do like cynical fouls not not dirty fouls but there was one time I can't remember who it was was running forward I think it was Thomas was running forward and they just you know did a professional foul and stopped him in his yeah. tracks there was another one though Ben Godfrey shouldered one of them off the ball which was a bit overly aggressive and it was like to stop them and breaking away so I, I you know I don't know about the ref it was one of those ones where I can't you know thinking back now I can remember the town fans around me having a bit of a go at me in the first half for a few niggly little things that he missed but I can't I don't know now. I, I thought really he had a good game, it. actually. Yeah, I can't really I think, think that there was anything to really... You know, if you can't think about something about a referee, he probably had a good game. Not like yeah. not like John Moss, who just... No. Did you watch that Liverpool Spurs game? I heard, I've heard about it, but... <laughs> Poor guy, he's so it. unfit, he can't keep up with the play nowadays, but there we go. But no, I thought the ref was decent enough, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so that free kick... Um, um, that foul, sorry, gave opportunity for free kick from Worley. It did, and it, it's good. At the time, it was brilliant. Watching it back on the replay, he really is getting a nice little floft, little sort of like a loft free kick. He's not really putting too much pace on him, but they're really like finding a nice angle into the box where our big tall players are. I think that's what we really need at the moment because we've got o, o, um, Beckles and and Nasala and, and 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 Bolton even who's really tall going up there. We should really be giving it a, a chance to for them to you know time their jump right and put a lot of power on the header, and that's exactly what happened this week isn't it yeah no definitely it was a, and it was a good header wasn't it so that was right in front of me Cracking. Um, and yeah really good clear header and it was one of those headers it's like oh my god he's free it's in oh! <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah jumping up and down it was fantastic it was amazing and I've been I've been a big advocate of Beckles haven't I for the last few weeks on the yeah. podcast so I was particularly delighted Ollie and um, yeah his overall performance at left back was, was brilliant I thought in terms of you know again you know is, is he out of position now he's played left back there long enough that we probably shouldn't say that anymore but um, he was he was really good and, and to say he was a, he was a threat in all the set pieces that we had and took that goal really well and it was great for him to see him get his first goal really for the football club and get that, off, that, get that monk off his back and um, yeah hopefully he'll go on and get a few more now from set pieces it's if we keep up that level of quality from them um, and it's not just free kicks it's been corners as well recently yeah, I, I can really see improved. I can see us get, and, and it shares the goals around the team as well which is funny because it takes the pressure off Morris and Payne doesn't it when they're going through this period you know there's another game here where we score two goals we haven't had one of the strikers score again and you know it, it kind of does take that pressure off a little bit it's just nice to score goals doesn't yep. matter how they come right. yep. um, and yeah taking um, taking yeah using set pieces interesting actually um, I remember reading a book about um, the German World Cup team um, and they never really focused on set pieces um, and they did a lot at the last World Cup um, and they were saying how proud they were that they scored quite a few goals and set pieces and, yeah, you know, every every goal counts doesn't it it doesn't yeah, matter how you score right. and yeah to get a few set pieces just yeah takes the pressure off and yeah it helps us, helps us get the win and when you've got players like Nolan and Godfrey when they do break and even a go-go we win a lot of free kicks in that position where Wally's yep. getting a lot of joy don't we you know he's they're really like putting you know with our break that we've, we've been praising all season we have been winning a lot of free kicks in good positions so yeah the, the upturn in form in terms of taking chances from those positions is, is good because we had, had a lot 
lot at the start of the season where we probably weren't doing quite enough with them. So yeah, it seems to have clicked nicely at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think we're probably going to get more as well with more Thomas, uh, Thomas in the pitch yeah, as well. True, so, true. so yeah, but, but unfortunately the lead didn't last long. <laughs> We were chanting, weren't we? Town fans were still chanting when suddenly they were down the other end. And funnily enough, I think our goal finally got the Bristol Rovers crowd engaged in the game. Did you not think? They were quite quiet during most of the game, um, considering there was quite a few of them there. But when they went behind, I think the, the angst of it sort of got them to sort of back the team rather than get on their backs, which is interesting, isn't it? It doesn't always happen, does it? You know, if a team's down the bottom of the league, it could have been that they turned on them and, and, and it might have been an easier game for us. But yeah, they, they sort of had that next attack and their crowd got really loud and couple of little passes around the edge of the box and yeah it was sort of a shot and from where I was standing probably saying for you Ollie it looked like it was straight at McGivillery didn't it but yeah it needs some needs some more reflection because yeah I, I think there was probably a couple of, it looks for all the world on the replay like there's some deflections yeah it looks like the deflection or at least certainly there was a player in front of him um, but it looked like it was deflection and the way he's reacted um, I think it was a deflection I'm not it's hard to tell because the yeah this it was almost too zoomed in on the on the re, on the um, mm. replay um, which is a bit, a bit of a shame in the post-match interview that they did with Toto on Radio Shropshire which I had on the way back he said he hit him on the heel so yeah uh, he okay. said that it was a deflection it, it and you can kind of see like he looks like he's about to dive right uh, yeah. so he's, he's about to dive to his left and then he sees the deflection knows he's already committed to the dive just basically stays upright doesn't he then because he can't basically dive the other way quickly enough and yeah. sort of by the time the ball's in the net he's just not moved at all so it looks bad for him but I think he was committed to trying to cover the first shot before it took the deflection so yeah unfortunate and and you know we can talk about McGivillery solid again mate uh, you know yeah, that goal didn't, was pretty didn't harsh have much to do goal. though did he to be no, fair no. But, he, but, you, but you're still right he did have a good game couple of claims a good punch um, was was commanding them from the corners. I thought um, goal kicks were decent, considering how bad the weather was and slippy the yep. pitch was. He didn't, you know, I think he might have hoofed, hoofed one extra in the first half yep. on a, on a back pass. But the, the thing he dealt with the most was the back passes on that horrible pitch. He didn't have much to do. Did he? They had two shots on target and only one corner. Yeah, I agree with that. But I'm just saying there was a few back passes that we played because we like to do that, and it was under pressure and it was also you know tricky underfoot conditions. And I thought he did pretty well with that sort of thing because that's difficult for a goalkeeper. You know, that's where you make mistakes. So um, yeah, one one. And then, were you particularly deflated at that point, Holly? Um, a, a little bit, but I still <laughs> felt there was enough time left in the game. Me too. Um, and we, and we, were, we had the better of the play, create the most chances. I thought we were still a good chance we're going to get get something in. And uh, I'm not saying I would have accepted a draw, but a draw would have been the worst result in the world. Yeah, um, getting a point away from home, especially with the way the results were going elsewhere as well. Because at that point, we knew Blackburn were losing know. two 0 uh, Oh, you didn't know? No, I was just my phone because it was just yeah, it was just phone away just proper watching the game that's all I did yeah, really there you go, anything else oh there was loads of people around us with their phones out and so at that point I knew Blackburn were losing and Scunthorpe were only drawing at that point and I knew Bradford were losing um, so yeah I kind of knew where it was so I was thinking eh, not the worst if we hold on here you know you'd, you'd like to think the Rovers would give it a good go and they, had, they probably had a good little five minute period after their goal yeah. where we really had to hang on a little bit like you normally do in that situation but we did well and we then started to get out a bit more and not sit so deep and yeah we didn't we didn't just sit back we, we kept trying to play our game and um yeah, when we thought another goal would come, Ollie, I don't think anyone thought it would be a back heel from a go go. <laughs> no, it was that was so close. So yeah, that was, oh, it was. again from your man Beckles um, came Brilliant, um, surging yeah. down the left. Um, good pass and move, um, then ends up with Thomas uh, putting a real um, good crossover, and a go go comes flying in, um, <laughs> and just to, oh, if he had scored, then that would have been absolutely brilliant. It's back time. It, and I tell you what, if anyone's going to score a, a goal that gets us up, I'd want it to be a go go. That'd be brilliant. Just uh, uh, yeah, a way uh, away somewhere, and him just going absolutely mental. But um, yeah, so that that was that was that was a shame. Um, it's it's funny. I've been saying chance. to my to my mates about a go go for a few weeks now that when he does score, it's either going to be a thirty five year thirty five yard will or it's going to be some sort of trick back heel goal and he almost did score one so yeah, he's not going to score an easy goal he's going to score a good goal yeah so that, that was that was good 
Um, and then there was um, a couple of incidents just before um, we come on to the goal. So there was um, that one where um, they where they were shouting for a penalty. Yeah, I mean it was down the other end. I could, I, I, I couldn't I really it tell. Back. It was he didn't. It wasn't even a foul. No, he dived. No. So, but then yeah, McGillivray did a good flick over. So that's probably the only real time he was really tipped kind of it over, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we had um, then they had this really dangerous cross across the box. Um, and a go-go is really calm and gets rid of the ball. Um, so another good defensive performance from the guys there. Oh, sorry, actually, one thing we didn't mention the first half, um, they had a shot and Toto did this immense block. Yes. Absolutely immense and really put his body on the line. Um, a classic. We'll, classic I mean, we'll probably block. talk about Toto again in a minute when we talk, get to the top three, not to give it away. But um, how good was the defence in the whole game in yeah, general? You, know, you, take, you take that back for bloody hell. They are so hard to get past. I mean, we, we, a lot of credit went to Toto for, for obviously um, everything he did in the game but Sadler was immense again and Beckles was brilliant and Bolton was absolutely get good getting up and down he probably did the more, more work up and down the pitch but yeah. I, I think that there's there's a good argument to say that there aren't many better defen- defensive units um, whether you have McGivery or Henderson in goal than what we've got this season it is it is a joy to watch yeah no really 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 good um yeah, you're just totally right there. And yeah, lots of comments from opposition fans there. So, so yeah, Glenn, do you want to take us through the goal? So, we had well, a corner, well, well, didn't we'll we? Take, well, I'm going to take you through the goal, Ollie. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Go I ahead. actually recorded it on my phone. So, uh, it was near the end, and I thought, oh, it's, we had a corner basically. And I thought, I'll record this and just, uh, you know, if we do score a winner, then it'll be quite a nice moment to sort of keep on the, uh, keep on the phone and show, share on Twitter and stuff. And yeah, I managed to record the, the absolute worldly goal. So, yeah, I'll play in the audio from that, Ollie, and then uh, we'll come back after it. <laughs> So yeah, Ollie, as you can tell, I got very, very excited at that goal. Um, some people <laughs> described it as a glingasm because I was going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" So um, yeah, it was a, it was a stunning goal, wasn't it? And, and as I say, you can kind of hear how mental the terrace went around us, and uh, me and my dad just shouting at all sorts of things at the goal, um, not swearing because the kids were there. But it was an, an unbelievable release of tension at the end of the game again. And what a goal! You know, corner. Drifted over everybody. Looks like it's not going anywhere. Uh, Rodders puts a brilliant tackle in. Wins the ball. Uh, the defender goes sprawling. He doesn't get up. Rodman's away. Beats one man. And then gets in right down the byline. Tricks past another man. And God knows how he even had the room to do it. And then fires it right across goal. Going into goal. And then it would probably have been going in. But Toto's there on the line to sort of head it home. So, men- mental. <laughs> what did you do, Ollie? Well, the funny thing is I was sitting the closest to the opposition fans. Um, so when oh, yeah, we scored, I was jumped up and down and was consciously not looking at them. And then yeah. they scored and they started shouting stuff. So when we scored the other, I turned around and was like smiling. Yeah. <laughs> there was a load of kids there. So really? I couldn't really, wouldn't really shout anything. But yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, just, just enjoying just, yeah, a lot of fun and just, just relief of just, yeah, just sheer happiness. No, it wasn't relief for me though. Cause like, I relief. wasn't worried about it being like, we we're going to lose. It yeah. Was more it was like pure ecstasy. Pure joy. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was brilliant. And, and what about Rodman for the goal? What what more can you say about class? Like, yeah, it's just kind of like up the game only now with the extra sign-ins and the wingers, and a real silky dribble. And brilliant. like you say, just sneaks past the other player to keep the ball in play. 
Um, and then, yeah, Toto heads it in. Definitely was a Toto header. Um, it was, yeah, I it was so. really, really close to me, um, right in front of me. Um, and it was definitely Toto's um, Toto's goal. Um, and then, yeah, everyone just went mental. Yeah, it was good. I think it was strange because everyone ran to Toto first and then it was almost, they almost ran away from him over he to Robin. He was just in then. shock. He didn't really and I think, I think they were worried that it was going to be offside. It clearly wasn't because they were right in line with no. each other. I think Rodman had one foot off the pitch when he knocked it in. So pretty hard to be offside from that point in time. And... Um, yeah, but it, it was it was just it was amazing, wasn't it? To be fair, my dad my dad was jumping up and down, and about a minute after the goal had gone, he was like, "Glenn, I've gone like Edid." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "You shouldn't be doing this at your age, Dad. You're too old for this sort of thing." So, um, yeah, it was just brilliant. And um, from that point onwards, you know, obviously we will settle down. The, the game went back, and it was what ninety I can't remember eighty-eight what was, minutes, eighty-eight minutes. Sorry, yeah. And um, from that point on, I think they got the ball. We won it back, and Payne had obviously come on as a substitute at that point, and so had Sam Jones on the other wing, um, who we've really talked about. But how good were they after that? They basically yeah. won the game for us. They took it into the corner, and they must have had it there for about three minutes. Bristol Rovers couldn't get it <laughs> off us. We won a corner. We took a short corner. We got it out. A couple of throw-ins. They passed it around a bit. Bolton joined them. It was and, just And textbook. then that um, the lad with the big beard... Um, what's his name um, yeah Stuart Sinclair just comes flying in and soldier bar just yeah. soldier bar assaults pain and gets a free kick it um, was good actually the way they played it out and that Stuart Sinclair was quite funny because he went down in the first half didn't he with uh, an injury oh. and he had to wear a headband so yeah. he's got, for anyone who doesn't know he's got a massive beard he obviously then had a headband on and the, the lady next to me said all he needs is a little uh, eye patch now and he'll look exactly like the Bristol Rovers mascot I'll tell you what <laughs> I, I think it happened from a Godfrey incident um, actually we got, we got some quotes from him later on um, Oh, okay. So I watched the video of him and his head looks like it's mutated. <laughs> it's got like like five or six little bumps on his forehead. It looks Ooh. like he's turning into some kind of monster or something. Oh, but yeah, it was um yeah, pretty harsh. But I thought he'd injured his beard when he went down. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. He wasn't he wasn't too bad actually. But um yeah, there we go. So we closed the game out and town fans went mad again at the end and it was it was one of those like um it's funny, I'm gonna ask you a question now, Ollie, right? We have in terms of the away games that I've personally been to, and I know you didn't go to these, but we obviously scored a last minute winner at Doncaster, um when Ganua scored. We scored the last minute winner at Rotherham when Payne scored, which I think you were at, I can't remember. No, and then we obviously one. we had that goal at Bristol Rovers and they're all of a similar nature they were all ones that won us at all points so I, to me I was thinking about which of those did I enjoy more and I'm going to say and, and people might not agree because the Rotherham one was good because they were horrible and we wanted to beat Rotherham but for me personally my experience of being on the terrace and having that old school experience and winning a game like that to me I, I think of those three massively good finishes at away games this season that I've been to I certainly think Bristol Rovers topped them I think also the, doesn't the context as well you know, yeah. further on this season we're 28 yeah, games in correct. and also meant that um, yeah, we pulled a two point lead over Blackburn Rovers I feel very privileged to have been at all three of those games this season and I don't know You're how many people well. have, done, have done that Yeah, because obviously I haven't been to all the away games and people have been to more games than me but I think to have been to three, three of those games this season where we've had those mad finishes and you just you literally clenching your fist as you're leaving like punching the air sort of thing it's just you know that never used to happen as a town fan we probably went years without that happening and it being important and being you know driving us onto something we might have done it in a, a season when we were like you know 18th in the league and all oh, that was good we got a last minute winner fine but well there was these... that one wasn't there with Collins um, yeah. in the league two season and stuff True but yeah enough. it's not, not yeah. common well we normally lose most of our games so yeah and Matt Richards is the one isn't it that's the one yeah. I was thinking about but that was at home I'm talking about away games when you've you know, yeah. made that trip there as well so it was just brilliant. And as I say, like you, we bumped into loads of town fans and everybody had so many good things to say. Just so many positives and, um, you know, talking to a bunch of lads about not wanting to miss a game. And then there were some other lads in front of us just chanting all the way up the street. And we were still walking five minutes later to the car and these guys were still ahead of us chanting. So just, they just everyone's just so happy. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was on my own, um, drove on my own and unfortunately came back on my own, obviously. And uh, yeah, Aww. just kind of like just giddy in the car, like 
literally almost like dancing at the M20, mm. at the M5. It was um, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Punching um, the steering wheel, you told me, Ollie. You yeah, be beeping the horn occasionally, um, <laughs> just for no reason, just because I was so happy. Brilliant. Um, I put some music on, yes, yeah, cheerful music. But um, interestingly, I should, I should just say about trips. Sorry, I should say about trips home, Ollie. Is that um, my kids uh, sort of the first time they really were in the middle of a terrace and they heard the um, Toto in the middle of the pitch chant, okay. and they have not stopped singing that all weekend. So there we go. They've, they've <laughs> so, got their new favourite chant. So not only is Anna gonna put out of you, she's also. <laughs> Got to put it with the kids chanting. I think she she rolls her eyes a lot at it now. To be honest with you, she Bless does. Her. She loves it that it's making us so happy. And and well, as my wife should you say, but yeah, she she loves the fact it's making us all so happy. And and specifically for me as well because I've been through some dark times for she's as well have. And yeah, I think even your other halves they don't like football. They can see how much pleasure this this activity is bringing yeah. us at the moment. They they can't really say anything. And well, good good. I'm glad to see it basically. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> so um yeah, so um back to um serious analysis. Uh, yeah. Found a uh, uh, an indwell. I found um. um Lewis Cox shared an interesting tweet um, earlier on today, this afternoon, and he says, Salah has scored um, later than the 85th minute um, on eight occasions wow. in all competitions this year, and they've all been decisive. So that that correct that has meant us we've won seven games and equal points one. Wow! So so that is amazing, isn't it? You know, we scored. Yeah, it's just amazing. Every time we score in in um, and. Um, and Bristol Rovers are experts at scoring like, at the end of games um, they think they scored like 17 times in the last five minutes or something it's good as well isn't it um, so yeah it's, um, it's amazing isn't it that um, we're that decisive but also just so fit we're, and that's what's really helping it shows it's not a fluke as well Ollie to be honest yeah, with you. it exactly. shows all the things we were saying about commitment and drive and never giving up you know that's actually true it's, it's not you know, it's not a, a sort of a, just a, a nice phrase for us to use about a hard working team they do not give up and they do go straight to the end and they've got their just rewards from it and um, it's funny because a lot of like our, our opponents now when we're nil-nil going into late games are sort of putting things on Twitter like oh, late, late Shrewsbury winner coming here late Shrewsbury winner coming here so we've kind of got a reputation for it now as well so it's good it's keeping all these other teams on their, on their toes they can never rely on us not getting the winner so I think yeah massive credit to Paul Hurst for driving that that ethos into the team really yeah we're we're on 61 points now Um, unbelievable it's certainly not a fluke no so um, yeah so um, who who was in your top three who was in my top three? Toto was my man of the match. He was immense going forward and going back. So any any attacking situation, he's a huge threat now. Absolutely huge threat. Something's really clicked with him over this season, and um, he's just he's just hard to mark in, in attacking situations when we've got free kicks and corners. But his defending is immaculate. He, he you know we we did said this last week, so I shouldn't go on about it too much. But he does not make mistakes anymore. He is a competent. He gives the ball occasionally. Maybe but maybe, but, but not, in terms of pure defending, no, he's class. When he went last season, this time. Last season we were talking about Toto and we were talking about Moares always having that one bad mistake in him. Do you remember? Yeah. You know the, the sort of thing that coughed up a really bad chance. Yeah, he might mispass it, but it's never in a particularly dangerous area. But his strength, his commitment to win the ball in, in aerial battles, his reading of the game, which is something his that's gone probably better than anything. Yeah, you know his fitness is obviously hugely improved, which means he's able to sprint around the back now and clean things up. He is a immense defender, one of one of the best in this division without a doubt. Yeah, no, we, and we've got quite a few of them, haven't we? <laughs> and then yeah, and then I went for a go-go who we've not really. About this game, but he was the shield. You know, you talked about him when he, he sort of blocked one off, he turned his body into it and, and cleared it in the first half. He must have done that about 20 times in the game in general, general play. And um, his, his overall passing was just, you know, he must have had a hugely high pass completion rate. He kept us going, he was driving us out from the back. And um, as, as a leader and as a skipper and a, and a leader on the pitch, he, he seemed to provide that role as well. Can't speak highly enough.
enough of him. And I've, I've gone for my man Beckles because you know I love him, and he scored his first goal, and he was really good at the back. So yeah, I could have given it to any of the defenders though. And even you know we haven't mentioned Nolan, we haven't mentioned you know uh, you know the impact that Thomas had on his debut. He's Godfrey example. There's loads of them. They all had good games. But yeah, yeah I'd say Godfrey probably different. had one of his worst games. I thought I remember giving the ball away quite a few times. He didn't like the pitch. I'm convinced of it. There was a lot of horrible bubbles. Yeah, yeah. I think he struggled a bit. I think um, yeah, it's worth noting the passing wasn't great, but um, overall, but yeah, you're right. Uh, I think Ogogo did well. So I went for Toto number one, um, yeah. Gogo number two. I went for Wally third, um, and you might be a bit surprised, but I thought it's just recognition for his work effort. Um, no, 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 he did a good job su- um, supporting Bolton, um, and I think just his um, delivery on the on the set pieces, he created mm-hmm. two chances and we scored one of them. So you know the one yeah. where Morris should have scored in the first half, and then the ball to Beckles was just an absolute peach. Um, so yeah, I've given him that for that. It wasn't. It wasn't awful, Ollie. I would agree with that. Yeah. I'd say I would have liked to have seen more created from him in open play, personally. Um, but that's the sort of issue we've flagged up on a few occasions. But yeah, he's definitely he's not staying in the team because of his uh, improvement of set pieces. His overall play is still good. Um, he's still probably a little bit off that creativity in the in the open attack in you know breaks that we had maybe at the start of the season where he was doing much better. But you know, we're not saying he's he's playing badly. He's still getting eight out of tens rather than maybe nine out of tens when he was at his best. So yeah, I think that's a fair shout as well, to be honest with you. Um so there we go, yeah. A fair a fair shout there. But obviously Total and Ogogo did stand out, but yeah, everyone was good. So um, yeah, it did. yeah, Hursty went on to, to sort of say something similar, didn't he? He was quite chuffed with everybody. Yeah, he, he said we had a it was a tough game on a heavy pitch. Um he said he never doubted the spirit of the team. He said we were the better side in the first half. A lot of we can control the game, but then they had a spell. Um, he said there's some debate who, who scored. He thought yeah. that Toto scored, and both of them were claiming it. Uh, on Beckles, he was classic Hurst. Just like what's about time he scored. He's like six foot or something. I heard that, yeah. Um, and he says, you know, he said, said that I was told that he was going to get goals for us from set places, and he goes up for every set place. Back time he probably scored. So yeah, classic <laughs> Hurst. Um, Thomas, he said he thought he did well. Um, was undecided whether he was going to play him or not. He said he put some good balls in. And then he went on a little bit of a rant criticising Morris, saying he, he needs to kind of smarten up. And, and if he doesn't if he doesn't smarten up and doesn't get on the end of these early crosses, then he must be a bit stupid. He isn't the brightest, he said, didn't yeah. he? I, I, me and my dad were laughing out of the way. I think it was, yeah. a, it was kind of semi-serious, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, semi-serious, like... but he was just... But again, he's just... I think he almost <laughs> does that, doesn't he, to kind of take all the euphoria. He doesn't like to get too excited, does he? Um, he certainly doesn't like to get too excited. I yeah. left the ground buzzing, and, and Paul Hurst wasn't dour in his interview, but he's just always so level-headed yeah. I just want him to lose his mind and go it was bloody brilliant but that's for the fans to do it's not I for hope, the manager um, He's I hope keep Ian Whitfield doesn't mind me doing this but Ian Whitfield posted on his on his personal Facebook um, oh, um, profile and he said uh, he asked Hurst if we're safe from relegation now and um, Hurst told him stop to be don't be so silly <laughs> <laughs> which I just I just I just love to have been standing next to him and hear that conversation oh, he's uh, a legend just, he's, oh, a legend. he's a brilliant if I saw him I'd just want to give him a big big shake of the hand and a big hug and to say thank you it's, it's funny actually again because we obviously sit, I sit in the west side stand and so do you so we don't really get too close to Hurst that often but it was where the terrace was where we were standing we weren't far from them and I took a couple of videos of Hurst and Doig after we scored the winner and we were trying to see it out the amount of uh, dictating that Doig was doing and um, Hurst around. They were out in the technical area and you could just see the work they were putting in. You know, They don't just pick a team, sit back. They're, they're out there working on shape, looking at what's moving, what Bristol Rovers doing. They do not stop working during the game and that's it. That's like the team. The hard work they're getting pays off. You can just see the hard work that Hurst and Doig are putting in during the game as well and I think you know something maybe we've overlooked on this podcast this season is their work during the game. You know, It's not just about tactically. It's about even the micromanaging of certain situations. They actually do it quite a lot from what I saw at Bristol Rovers. They might not do it all the time but you know, I just think that again that's another one of those little one percent things that is getting us over the line in these situations yeah no definitely yeah, definitely yeah. agree with that um so just yeah just interestingly i just i don't know how it came up just i saw a link to um 
I think might even on the Facebook group, um, a link to um, Stuart Sinclair, the guy with the beard. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what he had to say. Um, and he came across really well. He's actually seemed like a pretty sound guy. Yeah. He looks like a, an absolute crazy person, um, but he's the kind of player you kind of want in your own team. Yeah. Um, and he said... Um, he said that Shrewsbury Town are very in your face. They don't let you breathe, even for a second. He said they press and just work so hard. Um, he said the pitch made it really hard, um, and he didn't think he was offside for the Toto goal. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And yeah, his scars on his head was horrendous. Maybe we'll take that out. <laughs> it looked pretty harsh. Jesus, poor guy. Well, we had, we had Toto and Sandler with him a few weeks ago, so it's going yeah. around at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then also, we were, also, we were mentioning, weren't we, about, about Rovers fans. And I did find two really good tweets, um, which is worth just sharing. So, yeah, you know, often we've talked on the podcast, can't we about opposition fans you know not really accepting and kind of yeah. being begrudging us our success so a guy called Dave Townsend said uh, we, he's seen them home and away and they're definitely the best side he's seen all season mm. um, he said I think our loss was harsh on us today but I think Shrewsbury going up and then a guy called uh, Mark Brimson said Shrewsbury are very physical and totally organised incredible season from them really fancy them to get over the line so that's quite I thought it was quite interesting I hope they're right and that we are going up when we do get over the line but yeah I think Bristol Rovers fans have obviously it's another team We've taken six points off Ollie. How many times are we going to say that between now and the end of the season? And, you know, they've seen us win 4 0 in, in an expansive, attacking, exciting performance, and they've seen us grind out a hard a half victory you know that's both sides Bristol Rovers fans have got to see they've not really got any anything to poke us with have they you know in the way that we play and you know, we've, we've obviously got two sides to our game and a while back we were talking about whether we had a plan B weren't we Ollie that was one of the things during that little rough patch we were wondering but um, I think we find we're finding a way to play in slightly different ways and, and yeah whatever whatever the game suits her seems to be able to sort of bring it to the table doesn't he yeah and Glenn that is a perfect segue into oh, Salad News <laughs> because yep uh, January transfer window has brought some different options in so sat up news we didn't have really any news last week Ollie but the last day of the transfer window was quite exciting for Shrewsbury Town fans wasn't it we brought in uh, brought in three players and that added to the, the two we'd obviously got in the window before that um, so yeah I suppose before we just talk about it Ollie what did you make of transfer deadline day it was quite fun wasn't it it was slow at first yeah because <laughs> um yeah we're, i was um, in a in a project meeting and just kind of kept my um eye on what was going on um, and nothing really happened did it, until until late in the afternoon and then yeah. it got really exciting yeah I mean the last one came in at like half eleven and I'll be brutally honest with you I think it was um, it I was, was asleep, uh, Joe, yeah. Joe, I was I got a bed at <laughs> half eleven to ask you, so I was all very, very excited about assigning all these new players but I was quite tired but um, yeah so just before we start I suppose on, on the last day of the transfer window we signed Abu Issa uh, which is what I'm going with Ollie for the moment until someone tells me otherwise uh, Nathan Thomas who we obviously saw uh, for his debut and Sam Jones um, from Grimsby and we'll talk you, you've got a few inf- bits of information on these threat players you want to sort of bring to the table in a minute, won't you? But yeah, that added obviously to Hendry and Lowe that we signed earlier in the window. So yeah, we signed basically a defensive right a sort of defender on the right and a defensive midfielder in Hendry. Uh, Max Lowe can obviously play uh, defender on the left and midfielder on the left. Um, and then we've got Jones who can play attacking central midfielder, but also at the weekend came in on the wing. Um, Issa is apparently a left winger, but I think he can also play the number 10 role. And Thomas is obviously someone that can play across the midfield, but generally a winger. So I suppose the first thing to say to you is that really answered most of our problems, didn't it? It did, yeah. It's <laughs> interestingly, um, we, we did a um, pre-January transfer window um, special, didn't we? Talking we did. about um, who we were going to sign. And, and I said well, I wanted us to find, sign a left-back um, and two wingers and maybe a central midfielder. Um, mm. And we've ticked all those boxes and more. So, yeah, fantastic. It certainly has. And it's given us more attacking options, hasn't it? In oh, terms and of, different of options as well. So, yeah, interesting. Just to add on to Sam Jones... Um, 
someone um, so D3, D3, D4 podcast um, used a great word which I love said that he's also a bit of a shadow striker um, okay. so you know someone who plays off the you know off the main striker someone like a, a maybe a league one Thomas Muller you know who's going to find the spaces <laughs> so yeah that maybe gives us a different option rather than just bringing on the shop as a big man up front you know we can place someone else you know alongside Payne or um, mm. so that's an interesting option he's quite big yeah, as well you, six foot two gives you more tactical options yeah. as well doesn't it in certain situations at the end of games or even if you go from it from the start so yeah, yeah I'm interested to see what you found out about him because he was probably the one I knew the least about but um, yeah it's the competition replaces thing as well yeah. that probably paid pay dividends at the weekend you obviously drop Rodman give give uh, Thomas his first start and then Rodman comes on with a point to prove so maybe that's the, a little thing as well for it and um, yeah there was there was a few other things wasn't there we, we, There was before we get on to sort of the other things I mean we were, apparently we're in for Bogle I mean I don't think we were ever going to get him he ended up going to Peterborough didn't he for a, a bit of a wedge and we we're probably never going to pay that money but no. from everything I know from my sources if I'm going to say that um, from fairly reliable sources we did have a good go at that but couldn't get it over the line and um, I suppose if we were in for Bogle then that obviously gave some thought as to the fact that that the only place we might have potentially wanted to recruit, and you just said we've, we've got Jones as the shadow striker, is I think we might have been looking at another striker, but we couldn't get that deal over the line. But to be honest with you, if it was if, if we didn't get that deal over the line, it was still a 9 out of 10 for me, the whole transfer window. Yeah, definitely 9 out of 10 for me as well. Um, and what did Purple Hurst say? So yeah, he was happy. He said, you never get everything you want, but he was backed 100% and yeah. he was pleased. And um, he said that he and the, the chairman and Brian had a bit of a drink after the transfer window <laughs> closed. Um, so yeah, I think he's quite pleased. In some ways, it's over and yeah, we've managed to um, to add to the squad um, yeah, and obviously actually just before we go into the players actually we haven't, didn't put this in the agenda obviously Dodds has left who's obviously probably one of our highest yes. earners so yes. it's just worth just saying thanks to Dodds I did say thanks to Dodds and he liked it back on Twitter which is quite which quite nice and just yeah he did he did a lot of work for us last season without his 10 goals we definitely would have gone down last season yeah you, you can't disagree with that he, he did, did what we needed to do in a, in a team fighting against relegation I'm not saying he's been found out this season in a team playing much better and, and in, a, in a sort of championship chasing team um, he's just probably been out done by better players around him and also unfortunately for him the tactic we play don't really need number 10 in this team do we We just haven't used it over the course of the season so I think it's fair enough that we signed it sort of give him his contract up and and let him go on to Chesterfield where sadly for him he's in a league two relegation battle now but you know he he might be the difference that keeps them up to be honest with you and I think that maybe that's that's got to be back to his level I don't think he's a bad league two player I think if Chesterfield recover he might have a good season next year with them but yeah uh, cheers for him for for last season it just didn't really happen for him this year did it no no definitely not I think Hurst Hurst was quite honest. He said that um, he could have kept him. You know, he mm. obviously he's under contract, but because he's such a good pro and he's you know been you know he almost felt he was almost too he, he insinuated that he was being too nice, but but he's pleased that he did. You know, <laughs> give let him go. So yeah, so that Fair was enough. That. So um, yeah, did a bit of digging as we always do. So um, so Ebo Elsa. So we've got two Abos now, uh, which is quite funny. Um, so we've no, got an Abu and an Abo. Is yeah, Abo. Sorry, really yeah. mess my tweeting up. Yeah. <laughs> So we signed him from Wildstone, um, which were kind of only really famous for that crazy guy on the terrace, yeah. Wildstone Warrior. <laughs> um, so he's 21. Um, he was actually a, he's actually a biometric a bio chemist chemist um, student so he's obviously quite smart uh, I found a really interesting quote um, from their chairman of um, Willstone and this is what he had to say he said in the, in the final analysis our hands were tied with the release um, clause of Abu due to goals scored so it's interesting he had a goal scored mm. trigger in his contract that uh, yeah he said so we made every attempt to score a loan back but it was not possible despite hard negotiations we are un- undoubtedly victims of our own success but the gr- but the deal done a exceptionally good one with very good valuable sell-on clauses and other provisions. Fair so enough. that's quite interesting. So yeah, obviously shows that Shrewsbury Town are real tough negotiators. 
Um, mm. And also, yeah, um, there, yeah, there are some salons there, so that's something to bear in mind. Um, so Paul Hurst spoke about him. He said he's got a player of raw ability. He's expecting to do more work um, on him than the other players we signed. And I think one of the things that he was quite pleased about was he said that he was just, you know, in awe of the stadium, oh, sorry, the stadium, the stadium and the training ground. And he said, that's just really good, you know, to see mm. players excited about and want to be here. Um, and he just seemed delighted. He said he was delighted to be here. So, yeah, it sounds like an interesting signing. Did you see his goals he scored online? Yeah, so his goal, the last goal he scored for Wheelstone's up for their goal of the month and potentially going to be goal of the season for like a non-league thing, isn't it? And he yeah. picks it up and just runs like basically 65 yards and smashes it in, doesn't he? So, yeah, and and he, he describes himself as a flair player, Ollie, which, yeah. as you know, I'm a big fan of. So, if yeah, he does a step over, Glenn, you'll be, you'll be a legend for you. It's all it takes away. for me. That's all it takes. Um, <laughs> and yeah, do you know so, what? Back that goal was liked by the Brazilian Ronaldo. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Amazing. Brilliant. Funny. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, a flair player is good. The other thing that's quite interesting about it is I haven't, conf- I haven't had it confirmed anyway, but it comes from Sudan. He came over from Sudan when he was nine years old, um, whether he was es- escaping the, the troubles that they've got there. But yeah, I assume he's the first C- Sudanese player to probably play for us, isn't he? So yeah. well, definitely, Potential definitely the first Sudanese player. Well. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know whether he's naturalised since then. But yeah, it's an interesting story about how he's made his way in the game and come from something like that and worked his way through non-league, through, through various academies, not Premiership academies, like just like academies for kids in you know in London that can kind of get their way in the game. And took a chance at non-league club, got another move to a better non-league club, and has now made a move into the football league. It's a huge step up for him, but you know I think it's a fantastic story, and I'm, I'm quite interested to see where it leads. Yeah, definitely. And Hurst said that you know, there's no pressure on him. Um, you know, yep. he doesn't expect him to do anything this season. He's more for one for the future. So that was good. Um, one who You've got is, eighteen months, hasn't he? Yeah, eighteen months yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so interesting um, signing, probably the biggest signing, um, the big way signing was, yeah, Nathan Thomas. Unfortunately, yep. not a permanent deal. I'd like to have seen mm. him coming permanent, just that's been a bit greedy. But he said that he, he he gave his word to Paul Hurst that if he went out on loan, he'll come to Shrewsbury. So that's quite oh, interesting. Um, yeah, he's 23, played at Hartlepool and so on, worked his way up. Um, he's, yeah, a goal-scoring winger, left winger. He got his big move to Sheffield United, but the formation, yeah, they don't play wingers at Sheffield United this year. Mm. Um, so he's, yeah, he played in the number 10 role a couple of times, but um, his natural position is a left wing, so he's been struggled for chances. So, yeah, an exciting signing. And he had a chance to go other places, didn't he? Right? Yeah. He did choose to come to us, as you say, he promises it. And it's, I think I listened to Toto's interview on the verdict on the way home um, on, my, on my phone, and um, well, in the car, um, and he was talking. Toto was saying that he played with him before, and that he'd been in his ear in the summer saying, "Come to Shrewsbury," and he said he didn't fancy it at that point. So, you know, this apparently is someone that Hurst had been chasing every window since he came to the club. Someone he really wanted. So it does feel a little bit to me like if everything goes right and Sheffield United don't need him next season, that it's a sort of loan to buy. You know, it's yeah, it's a bit like, like pain. A few of them that we've had over the years, and yeah. so potentially we'll be seeing a lot more of him, not just to the end of the season, but yeah, good debut. We've talked about him, so yeah, I suppose we can move on. Yeah, definitely. And then um, the last guy, um, Sam Jones. So we signed him from. Green- yeah, I bet they weren't very happy when they, when they saw Brian Cordwell's number come up. Oh, he's back. He's back, that <laughs> bloody Scottish guy. Um, so, yeah, so as we said, he's a tackle midfielder, um, can play up front as well. Paul Hurst said he started his, you know, he's, he's worked his way up. Uh, yep. He had no hesitation. He said the terms are done very quickly. So it's interesting, actually. Though, so um, so Nathan Thomas obviously had options. Sam Jones mentions he had options. And mm. then Ebo Issa had, also had um, options yep. as well. Yep. So, yeah, um, apparently... Um, Wigan were after him as well, so yeah, um, yeah. the young lad. So that's interesting, and um, yeah, so um, he played at um, Gateshead with um, Bolton. So there's oh, a connection okay. there. I um, mean, played at Grimsby, but not the same time. Paul Hurst was there. 
Mm. Uh, he's 26. Um, he went to uni, uh, finished, went travelling to Australia, then, then tried football again. Um, has worked his way up through non-league and now is at Shrewsbury. And he's seen pretty chuffed. And yeah, you know, you don't normally hear the managers talking about terms done quickly, but just shows you all three of those players we mentioned all wanted to join Shrewsbury and Brilliant. turned down other clubs. So yeah, Hurst has just yeah t- changed everything. Hasn't he? <laughs> that doesn't normally happen to us, does it? Josh? No. I think our, Hurst is a big factor of that having the season we've had and being where we are as well is a big, big, big factor as well. I think. And um, yeah. So is the infrastructure of the football club. There's lots yep. of things that play a part. And, and players um, must talk, mustn't they? Because, yes. you know, by now, I bet a lot of players in League 1 and League 2 have all had a conversation about Shrewsbury and, and wanting to find out what's what's going on there. I think players want to play for Hurst. I think that's the sort of thing that gets around, isn't it? That he's a cracking, on a day-to-day basis, as your job going in and training, I think it's probably a really good environment to be a footballer. And if you, if that's the sort of thing that gets around and you know you want to play for a manager, I think I think that probably plays a part in, in how we've been getting these players. But there's certainly a, definitely a, 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 a poor Hurst player isn't there you know someone who's worked hard to get to where they need to be and yeah. he wants to take them to the next level and again in some respects all three of these men all three of these players sort of fit that dna again don't they so yeah i think it's worked so far and hopefully it keeps working yep definitely definitely good so, stuff so yeah that was a transfer window day it was exciting wasn't it both uh, and yeah both pleased with what we got yeah definitely nine out of ten i think we'd agree with that wouldn't we yeah and um just before we end yeah so let's, let's talk about um an interesting tweet and then let's yeah, let's do around the ground so just a quick mm. one i saw around the peter chairman was asked a question about paul Hurst, um, and he's obviously always has a bit of a view, doesn't he? The Peter chairman and what's going on, and and he said he that doesn't shut up. <laughs> he doesn't shut up, no. But um, but yeah, that that provides an interesting insight. Um, and what he said was, um, yeah, it's um, he is doing a fantastic job with the budget he's got. So yeah, it's clear to see that um, yeah. The work that Paul Hurst is doing is not going unnoticed by chairman in League One. Well, he can't have him as a manager. So no, I, I did tweet him and tell him that he's based in um, he's based in South Yorkshire and that's too far away from Peterborough. Yeah, exactly. He would want to go to Peterborough, exactly. Jesus. Well, part of Omar Bogle, but there you go. Exactly. Um, and we'll just look around the grounds now. So um, the biggest one, um, which brought a lot of joy um, to town fans, was that Plymouth Argyle beat Blackburn Rovers two 0 mm, and they yep. scored two really nice goals as well. They were really good goals, and yeah, completely um, looked like from what I saw. From highlights deserve their win so that took us to second um, Blackburn dropped down to third yeah and Scunthorpe were losing for a long time against 10 oh, sorry failing to beat uh, I think it was Fleetwood they were playing at yeah, their place um, and Fleetwood down to 10 men and eventually got an equaliser to 2-2 but Fleetwood um, couldn't hold on and Scunthorpe did get a point so they sort of kept, sort of kept coming up with us but every, a lot of other results went our kind of way I know yeah. Bradford lost Wigan again won, didn't they? Wigan won obviously yeah, I'm not I'm talking about below us at the moment yeah. and then Charlton won as well didn't they but um, yeah not a bad week of results really Bradford Lost two one to um, to Oldham, so that was a bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a, and, and Portsmouth drew to Doncaster. So yeah, there was a few interesting res, um, um, results there. Results, and, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, how do I put it? Yeah, you know, the kind of the, the top teams are quite clear now. That there's kind of that pack fighting for the playoffs. Yeah, um, they do those predictor things. Have you seen on Skybet where they say these are predicted finishes and no one is predicted to finish in the top two other than us, Blackburn and Wigan. Now. So yeah, that's very interesting as well. So yeah, it's. Um, in another good Looking week, good. yeah. Another <laughs> week, good week. Another good week to be a town fan. So, and a good week for you, Ollie, in predictions. We'll move straight yeah. on to that now because try and wrap this up. But you got the result right for for the second week in a row, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So I went for two one. Um, what did you go for a draw? I went for two two. So two, I was only two. one goal off it. I was quite close. But um, you were thank wrong. God that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair um, enough. And yeah, so I went for two one. And now I've, uh, it's now twenty points to me, seventeen to yourself. Oh. Damn it! So we got Plymouth at home now. So I should stop being negative, Ollie. Is the is the message here? So I will go first, and I will go for a confident 
Do you know what? I'm going to go... I'm, I'll probably regret this. I'm going to go for us to win. 3-0. Yeah. 3-0. Ooh. Yeah. I know they're good, but I, I, I think there's so much confidence around and the way we're playing. Well, every I'm team we play apparently is on a good run of form and until they come see us. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Portsmouth were apparently on a good run of form. Bristol Rovers were definitely on a good run of form. And we're home, for yeah. a good run of, of form as well. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to go for 2-0. Um, I decided that... Um, Damn right. Yeah. So oh, yeah, the confidence is just flowing through us, Ollie. It's it's awesome to be fair, isn't it? So yeah, there we go. I suppose that'll that'll do for this week, won't it? Another cracking week, and I hope everyone enjoyed our recollections of a fantastic away victory and a good transfer window and and more positivity to come next week. So yeah, you got anything else to say, Ollie? I suppose I, I think the the reception to our new logo went down well. We yeah. launched that last week, so thanks for everyone yeah, for the comment. Yeah, did. So yeah, no thanks for that, guys, and yeah, thanks for Vlad for the the, the artwork again. Um, yeah, so I guess be your normal evening, Aglin. I guess doing a bit of editing. Yeah, and then we'll get it up online for yeah. you guys to, by, by the middle of uh, Sunday night. So, yes, we shall. Uh, yeah, another week off, no midweek game this week, which is no. nice. So, um, we shall be back with one game to cover next week, probably a slightly shorter pod. And, yeah, enjoy being second for the week, guys, when we shall catch you next Sunday. Cheers, guys. Oh!